Yo, you've stumbled upon Penza Street Physio Direct. Welcome back to episode 001 of Penza Street Physio Direct. Today, we are going to talk about the role of scar tissue and how it all roughly works. It's actually kind of interesting to hear or learn how all this works, but I'm going to use a lot of different terminology, so apologies for this. It's probably more orientated towards the health student. Regardless, we'll move on. Usually it occurs in three phases. The first phase is in the inflammation phase, which is the first sort of 0 to 48 or 72 hours. Then it moves into the proliferation phase, which is 3 to 6 weeks. And then it moves into the maturation phase, which is could occur several months after that. So in the first phase, um, the inflammation phase, what happens is that you get these cytokine molecules which basically signal movements of um, chemicals called neutrophils and macrophages. Basically what they do is that they remove all the damaged tissue. So it's like going to a job site and trying to remove all the crap first to <clears throat> create um, a clean sort of site so that you can actually start rebuilding again. The next phase is the proliferation phase which means that these other molecules called fibroblasts get called in and then they make what's called an extracellular matrix which is basically scaffolding and it gives the wound a bit of structure which but it also allows um, blood vessels to sort of grow so um, which will allow you to get more sort of supplies in. Um, near the end of the proliferation phase I think I'm pretty sure myofibroblasts my, sorry, get called in to cause wound contraction. Um, after that phase, the maturation phase occurs, which means that the scaffolding is finally taken down because your body sort of built that structure already. Um, the type 3 collagen, which is usually formed, starts turning to type 1 collagen and during this phase you have a balance of chemicals going in to sort of repair the wound and reinforce it but you also have chemicals going out of the wound to make sure it doesn't grow too big so you're not sort of cluttering the job site so to speak throughout these whole phases you get chemicals lots of different chemicals which basically flag it to to do certain things and that's obviously anything more technical than that beyond me the problem is is when you get hypertrophic scars and keloids which are raised red or pink and may not have that regressive phase so that basically more stuff's going in and less stuff's going out can lead to abnormal wound healing so this is pretty important if you have sustained a cut or someone's cut you or you've just had surgery these things need to be kept in mind especially if you've had open surgery as well not so much arthroscopic surgery but there's probably a possibility that it can happen i haven't really seen it that much though basically the difference between a hypertrophic scar and a keloid scar is that the hypertrophic scar will eventually start remodeling so then basically something it'll get sig some signals will happen and the 
chemicals will start leaving, leaving the job site pretty clean. Whereas the keloid scar, well, that just keeps on going. So then there's more chemicals, there's more cells going into the area and it just packs it and packs it and packs it and packs it. Keloids are pretty unpredictable and hard to treat. They generally have increased growth factor receptors and other chemicals and yeah, like I said, there's not enough stuff to promote the breakdown of that matrix or that scaffolding. So then how do you prevent these from happening? Don't get any wounds. Well, if you've had surgery, you can't avoid that. So let's go to the next phase. You would probably be best to limit the stimuli for scar growth. So you've got to make sure that the wound is closed. It's not infected, obviously and there's minimal to no tension on it ideally but that's a balance between if, it, if you're having orthopedic surgery for example it's a balance in between keeping the affected area still to allow things to heal but also be able to move your joints so that your joints inside don't get too stiff or your muscles don't get small or atrophy overall generally you just have to be nice Please consider that you probably need to be eating adequately and getting enough nutrients in to allow your body to use the nutrients to produce those cells which will help the whole process. But I guess if you have it or if you or it's unavoidable or if it's through genetics or simple bad luck, it is what it is, what happens, what can get done? Well, from what my limited knowledge is, you have some medical um, procedures, such as you cut it out, so you have surgical excision, you can chuck in a corticosteroid injection in, you could add silicon sheeting, there's compression therapy, there's external beam radiation therapy, there's pulse dye laser therapies, there's calcium channel blockers, anti-proliferative agents, interferon, retinoids, all sorts of different things that you could probably talk with your doctor about and is obviously beyond this podcast um, to try and initiate the formation or not initiate the formation, initiate the removal of the excess material somehow, ideally anyway. Um, I raise this because someone asked me about scars and I thought it would be an interesting topic, but that's just me being a nerd. So that is pretty much scar tissue, well superficial scar tissue in a nutshell. If you have any problems, don't refer to me, consult a dermatologist. I'll see you next time. If you've survived this long, thanks for listening. Now, don't go off into the sunset and blindly do what I may have said or recommended. Seek proper advice from qualified healthcare professionals. Like, comment, subscribe, or book in if you'd like us to assist.